So tonight, we want to talk about on this opening night of National Family Retreat, about opening our hearts to God. He loves us with what kind of love? Isn't that comforting? I don't know, sometimes we don't let this kind of thought soak in. He loves us with an everlasting love. Do you believe it? Do you believe in God? And if he says it, it is true. He loves us with that kind of love. And that heart of love never changes towards us. Do you believe that? Aren't you thankful that when we come to God, when we have messed up, when we have done it again, when whatever it is, that when we turn our heart to him and we ask him to forgive us, do you know what his heart is like? Now just imagine something like this. So here's God. This is about the 49th time you've asked me forgiveness for that. Is that how he talks to us? Is that how he relates to us? I'm just going to step back. God doesn't just step back and say, look, I don't really trust you anymore. Does he have reason not to trust us? Mm -hmm. But he doesn't treat us that way. He loves us with an everlasting love. His forgiveness is there for us. But how are we doing? Is that the kind of heart that we have toward him? It's a little different, isn't it? Because his heart never changes toward us, but our response to him is often based on a variety of different things and sometimes keeps us from opening our hearts the way he opens his heart of love to us. Is it true? Do we hold back sometimes? Maybe we should start off with a raising of the hands. Do we hold back sometimes? Yes. I've got my hand up. I love to do these kind of things once in a while. We all do it, okay? Even if we don't raise our hands because we don't maybe want to look bad or we don't know how somebody, maybe there's somebody in your church that might see it, but we know that we don't always respond with this kind of heart. Is that true? Yes. And tonight we want to talk about what God is putting in our hearts as we prepared for this retreat season about what it means that we need to open our hearts to him. You know, as we prepare, we're actually preparing for 2020 right now, but as we were a year ago thinking of the topic for 2019, and we look at our own lives, we see areas that we keep going the wrong way, away from this heart of love. Why is that? And we came to understand it's because we don't really understand God's heart of love the way we should. That's right. And so that's why when we started preparing this, all these messages from the various speakers this year are going to be focusing on God's heart of love. And we hope it penetrates all our human hearts and that we can respond more and more to that love. 
It's, it's interesting that we know many stories about Christ, don't we? As he came here to this earth to demonstrate that heart of love. He lived that heart of love. He walked among those in his day. He shared that heart of love. And the scriptures say, never a man spake as this man. Thousands of people came to see him. Everybody wanted to be healed by him and blessed by him. And so here he is in one of the stories found in Luke chapter 9. And he is going to be heading to Jerusalem. He's on his father's mission. And he intentionally is planning to pass through a Samaritan village. And before he gets there, he sends messengers ahead. Does God ever send messengers of love to us? Amen. He sends messengers ahead to let them know he is going to pass through their village. Now, you remember there was some tension between the Jews and the Samaritans, wasn't there? And yet that heart of love wanted to go outside of the cultural norms where you kind of avoid, you know, certain groups of people. And he wanted to pass into and and remain in that village for the evening. And as he's coming into the village and as he begins to enter in and start to walk through that little village, it appears as if he's going to walk right on through. But yet they had the message that he wanted to stay there. He wanted to be a part of that little village for the evening and spend the night there. And as he began to walk through, the people in the village were offended. It's interesting to take these little four-verse scriptures or five-verse stories out of the Bible and stop and pause on this. He's going, he's, he looks like he's going to pass through. Now they're offended because Christ didn't come the way they wanted him to. And so not only did they allow him to pass right through the village and out the other side, but they also didn't even treat him with the courtesy of that you would give to a total stranger in their culture, regardless of their nationality. So in this story, we see something that reveals our hearts here in this room as human beings. So they lost the blessing. Did Jesus want to give them a blessing? Amen. Does Jesus want to give us a blessing? All the time. We don't always like the packages that the blessings come in. We don't always recognize, oh, that's Jesus. That's the lovely Jesus. That's the Jesus that loves me with an everlasting love. When we get those kind of messages that come the way we want them to come, yes, love it. That's Jesus. That's everlasting love. But if that's the only kind of messages that we can see from Jesus, he's got to teach us some other things, doesn't he? And so he walked through that village and their response, as my wife said, was not even the response they would have given a total stranger. They, they actually rejected him. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a raise your hand question, but this is what happens to us when things come to us that have been passed through the hand of Christ. Do you believe that happens? 
Every trial is weighed and, do you know that what it says next? Measured. Measured by the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Mm-hmm. It's the truth. But sometimes we don't recognize it. And then we end up not only missing the blessing, but rejecting the Savior who loves us with a heart of love because it didn't come the way we wanted it to come. Now we can understand, oh, that's the Samaritans. We've heard about the Samaritans, right? And we've heard about the difference that the Samaritans had with the disciples. So let's find out how the disciples reacted because these are the ones who are not only professing to be his followers, they're with him, walking with him. And what is their response? Anybody remember? Mm-hmm. What was it? Let's call down some fire from heaven. Was that a good idea? No. And Jesus said to them, You don't understand the spirit that you have. Do we ever get that kind of spirit? Yes. (laughs) Because that's what happens. We call it the default mode. That is our natural response. You treat me a way I don't want to be treated. Now, this is now the disciples... This is not how they're treating Jesus. They don't think that that's how they're treating Jesus. But who do they want to treat that way? I wouldn't treat Jesus that way. But Jesus said, as you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brother, and you have. Don't do that to me. Is it true? And so they want to call down fire. And Jesus said, I came to save men's lives, not to destroy them. Many times, even though we are called his followers, his disciples, we can find ourselves responding in a spirit that is completely against the spirit of Christ. Inspired commentary on this from the book Reflecting Him, page 93, says this. We may wonder at this uncourteous treatment of the majesty of heaven. I mean, we're sitting back, we're reading this story, this historical account, right? And where we are and how we're thinking, and then we're all assembled in this this auditorium here tonight to gain and to understand this heart of love. It's easy for us to say, how, how could they do that? They knew he was coming. They knew his intention was to stay there with them, to bless them, and to fellowship with them. So it's easy for us to wonder how that they could be so uncourteous to the majesty of heaven. But notice what comes next. But how frequently are we who profess to be followers of Christ guilty of similar neglect? The reason why we struggle in the Christian life is because we don't understand this heart of love and we don't when it doesn't come to us in the packages or the presentations or the way we desire it, we let it slip by. And here, because of we are guilty of a similar neglect, do we urge Jesus to take up his abode in our hearts and in our home? 
That word urge is, is very important in the sentence. It's not enough we, that we invite, but do we urge Christ? Do we urge God? Do we urge, you know, all the blessings he wants to bestow on us? Do we urge him to be in our hearts and in our homes? That's what this retreat is about. His heart of love and opening our hearts here tonight because during this retreat, God has something he wants for each one of us to gain and to leave with that we can be a better uh, ambassador for him and we can be better in our homes and better in our marriages and more in love with him. So do we urge Jesus to take up his abode in our hearts and in our homes? He is full of love. He is full of grace. He is full of blessings. So God's lacking nothing, is he? This is that heart of love, full of love, blessings, and grace. And ready, and stands ready to bestow these gifts, all of these gifts, upon us. Isn't that a good thought, right? God has special blessings that he's ready to bestow on every individual here in this auditorium, on all of those of you who are looking at the live stream, all of those of you who may be hearing this at some future point. God is looking to bestow these gifts upon us. But like the Samaritans, we are often content without him. So as we open this family retreat of 2019, opening our hearts. We have to take inventory. What is it that keeps us from opening our hearts? Because we want to open our hearts, don't we? We want it to be fully receptive, don't we? But what's the problem when, when Christ comes to us and he starts to open our hearts? What happens? Uh-oh. There's some things in there, right? Some self in there. <laughs> There's things in there that, that interfere, not with God's ability to reach us, but with, to that interfere with our desire to be open and let him in. Can any of you young people read what some of those things might be? Those of you who are up close, you don't have to be young, whatever age you are. If you're under 85, you're okay. If you're under 105, you're good. Pride. Pride. What? Hobbies. Okay, fear, selfishness, and these are just a few, right? We don't know what your plague spots are, but these cover a lot of us, don't they? Or any of us in this room could probably pick out two or three and say, yeah, that's, that's something I struggle with. Jesus and God wants us to experience his heart of love. And the great thing is, the blessings, the grace, and the love he has to pour in will cleanse us from all of these things if we're willing to let him have that opportunity. This is obviously not an exhaustive list, okay? No. <laughs> but these are some pretty general things that are pretty specific to our humanity. So we won't have to raise any hands here. We just, we understand that these are things that happen in what we call the default mode. So, at this point, it's very easy for us to all just agree that, yeah, we have these things, and but now I'm going to share with you a personal example 
not from 15 years ago, but a month ago, six weeks ago. It was longer than that. Okay, so time goes so fast. It was I, last year, actually. Anyway, so. <laughs> That's okay. Time does move fast. So, yeah, I didn't think it was that long ago, oh. but anyway. This is just a simple thing, but it's simple things that often get us. It's simple things we, we've been sharing with marriages, our, our, our own included, but with many, many marriages over the last 30 years of ministry. And often the things that start going wrong in a conversation are forgotten. It's just what we remember is that it went really wrong and we got into our fatal cycle. And when you say this, I respond this way. When you do that, I do this. And pretty soon we're in it. We can't even remember what it was, but it got ugly. Okay? That's our human nature. Well, this was a situation over a propane bill. <laughs> Sounds pretty petty, little thing, right? Well, we have a thousand gallon propane tank, so. <clears throat> when they fill it, that's not petty. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And, and so I called up the, the propane company and I talked to one of the ladies there that was, you know, was able to answer my questions and I shared with her. She was very nice. She was very apologetic. And she said, we will take care of this, Mr. Waters, in the next 24 to 48 hours. Just go online and you'll see that it's been changed there. It was just a very nice conversation. Wish that was the end of the story. Do you have any idea that, that maybe something went wrong like it never got changed, right? <laughs> and so I, I waited more than 48 hours just to make sure they had enough time and, and I went in and there was no change. But I'm a Christian, right? So far, apparently. And I called back. And I got the same lady again. And she was very nice. And she said, uh, well, I didn't actually handle that situation. But my associate here, and she gave me the name of the associate, and I said, well, would I be able to talk to that, that lady? And she said, well, she's not in the office right now, but, but I will make sure that this gets taken care of. Give us 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> so what do you think happens? Okay? This is Jesus coming through. <laughs> okay? This is Jesus giving me an opportunity to rightly represent him. Okay? So I like those gifts. We can, he's got blessings he wants to give. So another week went by and I called in again. Nothing changed. This went on for four to six weeks and nothing changed except me. Do you understand? Yeah, I'm going to tell you the truth, okay? So, I called in. I actually prayed before I called in. Is God's grace sufficient? Yes. Do you really believe that? But is there a part that we play in this? Yes, we cooperate with the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, 
They started making some excuses, and that's where it went downhill. It was good when they were making all the apologies. When they start making the excuses, does that affect our humanity differently? Yes. Okay. I mean, you can put it in any context. It doesn't have to be the person at the propane company. It could be your wife or your husband or your child. And so, unfortunately, now I didn't yell, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter, okay? But I did not represent Christ because it didn't turn out the way that I thought it should. Now, do we think of that in the moment? No. What we think about in the moment, in this moment, when I did not hold on to the power of Christ in that moment, an unguarded moment. I prayed before I got on the phone. Okay, I know people in this congregation have experienced these things. And so I didn't yell a little bit intense. And there was more apologies at the end on their end, and they're going to fix it. Well, it's still never been fixed today, okay? Just, I'll tell you that, okay? And so, but here's the point. Jesus passed through that situation, and I passed through with him most of the time. And then something happened in a weak moment where I chose to take this into my own hands. Now, again, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I already know the answer. You just have to be able to apply it in whatever circumstance the Holy Spirit brings it to you, okay? But here's what happened. When I got off the phone, I was under conviction immediately. And you've had that happen, too, okay? Or the conversation ends. I, when I, I got off the phone, I really very shortly forgot all about the propane issue and how long it had been going on. And you know what I thought about? I was grieved in my soul because I misrepresented my Savior to the Samaritans. Okay? Or to whoever. I'm just the story, okay, that we're reading about here. And I felt so bad. And so you know what I needed to do? I needed to call that lady back at the propane office with a totally different agenda. Well, the circumstances were such that she wasn't there. So I ended up, that, that call never connected with that lady, the one I needed to talk to, for a few days. And do you know what happens in a few days' time? Do you know what self, the other self-default mode is? Ah, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't that bad. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. Okay, I know you are, whether you can admit it or not, okay? We've all been here, but I found myself now going back and forth, but I knew what God was asking me to do. And when I got her on the line, and this makes me feel a little bit bad, when I got, when she found out who was on the line, and I recognized that she knew I was on the line, <laughs> I felt a little bit bad about that. Can you understand that? Mm -hmm. Because now I'm coming to her. I don't want to talk about the propane bill. I don't want to talk about how long this has been going. I don't want to talk about one thing. I misrepresented this love, this heart of love. 
to this lady on the other end. And so I began to share with her why I was calling. Nothing had changed on the bill. She still apologized. I didn't even care about that. What I cared about is I told her, I said, I am so sorry that I did not represent Christ in the way I spoke to you. Now, again, I didn't, my wife didn't hear me like, what are you doing, Tom? There was no loud voices, but I knew it was self. It was self taking over in that conversation. That is not Christ. And we have got to learn. We already know it, but we've got to learn that when that's happening, that, that is not the love of Christ coming through. And, and I shared with that lady, and I praise God because her heart was so moved by that experience that I would actually call her back and tell her how sorry I was for the way I spoke to her in that conversation. Now, she didn't even actually think that I had spoken badly to her, but she was so appreciative of that that it literally made her day. Okay, now that's not why we call back and confess, is it? No, praise God, if it can, if it can have the right impact and turn the tide of the experience, but this is a practical example of what happens to us in our daily interactions if we don't connect and stay. I was connected with Christ that morning. Do you know that experience mm -hmm. where you're connected and you lose that connection? We need to stay in that connection if we are going to be having a heart of love that's not only open to him, who loves us with an everlasting love, but it is opening and it is revealed to those that are nearest to us and to those we have to do business with. And when those business things don't happen the way that we want them to happen, do we react like this statement says we react to Christ and to the person on the other end of that transaction? So something in your heart brought you here, and that was God's heart calling you. That heart of love calling each one of us here because he wants to do more and reveal more of his blessings, his grace, his love to each one of us. So we're here with this opportunity to open our hearts. Besides those things on the little heart we showed you, other things can interfere. Just the fact that we're so busy. We're so pressed. We have so many things to do. That interferes with that heart of love. Here at this retreat, we pray that you will take the time to open your heart and see what God wants to do in each of our hearts. When we share this with you, it's not just for you. This is for all of us. Amen. And we thank the Lord that every year we have the opportunity to share these kind of messages at least seven, eight, or nine times, not just at family retreats, but at church seminars and other places, because we need these constant reminders of what God wants to do in our hearts, because his heart of love full of love, blessings, and grace. He's looking for opportunities to bestow that on each one of us in here. He's looking for that opportunity not just to give it to us, but to have us be those channels by which it, it go, flows from us and reaches into the hearts of other people. So we want to receive those blessings while we're here. And as we said, they may not come in the packages we would like to receive them. 
If Christ would have entered that Samaritan village and he would have started shaking hands and giving hugs and doing all these kind of things instead of having the appearance that he's going to pass right through, that might have been a different situation. But he knew what he needed to do to test the heart and he knows what he needs to do to test our hearts. Mm -hmm. It isn't a, a love of convenience. It's a love that goes beyond that. It's a love that reaches into the depths of our hearts because God wants to purify us of the human self and give us the divine nature, his divine nature. That's what we are challenged and promised in his word, that we can have that nature. So God is always looking for every opportunity that we encounter to give us an opportunity to receive and then to give and to share that heart of love. We were uh, did one of these things of probably a month or more ago, a couple months ago, one of those spontaneous uh, conversations. You ever have spontaneous conversations in your house, in your, in your family? And all of a sudden, somebody comes up with this idea, and pretty soon, oh, we just heard that shared here this evening with our friends here. All of a sudden, this idea comes up, and the next thing you know, you're changing your plans, and you're going to do this something, have some spontaneity in your family. This happened to us. We were home, and we were, we were talking about a trip we were going to make, and we decided, oh, we'd like to visit a friend of ours in this church. And it was probably two days before Sabbath, and we decided, okay, we're going to go and visit them in their church, not where, you know, it wasn't where we lived. We were going to make a trip and visit them. But the fun part of it, we weren't going to let them know we were coming. We just wanted to kind of slip into church on Sabbath morning, 9.30, 9.25, and, and, and just kind of slip in and just... Be incognito. Incognito. Just sit kind of there in the church. And no, we didn't have anything we had to do. <laughs> we just wanted to go and enjoy fellowship with our friends, fellowship in their church family, hear somebody else share something and, and be blessed with this sermon. And we were sitting there and pretty soon our friends, they walked in the door and you sh it was it was very rewarding just to see their expressions on their face. I mean, it was so <laughs> exciting. It's like they couldn't believe we're actually in their church, you know, and yeah, we came to visit them and fellowship with them. Are you guys speaking today? Said, no. <laughs> they, the bulletin said they had a guest speaker, but it wasn't us, you know, so they knew. I mean, but they, they knew our guest speaker was there. Anyway, it was a lot of fun, and we had a, a very nice Sabbath school, and then they were teaching in the younger divisions, and we sat with the adults. That was fun. And then we were just sitting down, getting ready for the divine service to begin. And we were just quietly wanting to be, as he said, incognito. Thank you. Just just part of, you just know, to be, relax. Be able to relax. And we were in the first hymn going into the preparation for the divine hour when a lady came up along the side of my husband who was sitting on the edge of the row and started whispering in his ear. Because my wife doesn't know what she's whispering. So she's saying to us, this, I believe, this is providence. I believe this is a divine appointment. So she's kneeling beside me, whispering into my ear. She said, there's a couple in this church. This is their last Sabbath together, and they are getting a divorce. And they just walked in the door. Will you meet with them? And I said, we're willing to meet. Well, my wife doesn't know what's going on. We're willing. <laughs> I'm to, singing the hymn. <laughs> we're willing to meet with them, but they need 
to want us to meet with them, not just you wanting us to meet with them. Now, that's something we've learned in 30 years of ministry. We, we don't go to people. I've tried this before. I've tried to go, years and years ago, I tried to go to somebody on an airplane who's having struggles with their child and ask them if they want some help. This is not something people like on airplanes, okay? Like, mind your own business, buddy. So you learn those things over time. And so she said, I believe that they do want help. They just don't know how to get help. I said, okay, so we'll pray. You can approach them. You can tell them that we're willing if they're willing, and you can let us know. And then I, she said, well, don't you need to check with your wife? I said, she'll be fine with it. <laughs> so I told her what was going on, and then you can... Yeah, I mean, Continue. I was. You know, we, we went for what what purpose we had in our heart, right? And God put that idea in our hearts. That He put that idea so to make this kind of decision spontaneously, just to kind of drive all this way and surprise somebody and let nobody know you're coming. That's a little risky, but it was kind of fun. It'll still be nice even if they weren't there then. That's right. We, we knew a few other families in the church. But anyway, you know, we were open and we were praying the Lord's will to be done. And I want to say that God's heart is a heart of love. And he's never late and he's never too early. He's always on time. And that couple was willing to visit. And praise God, they are still together today. Not because of us, but because of his heart of love. Amen. That they began to see that they could take hold of. Because we read here that that heart of love, he is always looking to bestow on us, every one of us, love, grace, and blessings. So that's the heart of love that we've come to experience here. And it is our prayer that as we continue through this family retreat, we will be recipients of that heart of love. Yes, because every one of us here needs a deeper experience in that. Amen. When she says that's what we've come to experience here, I hope that each one of us wants to experience that in a deeper way. I believe we, that's why we are here. And it's not, and I, and I know you understand this, but... But we want you to know that we are hearing this message. Mm -hmm. This is taking us deeper. This is not just for you to hear. It's for all of us. And one of the things that I, that I want to bring up, because this is another part of our humanity, is sometimes we are afraid to open our heart all the way. Because... God might tell us to do something that we don't feel like doing right now. Is that fair enough? Mm -hmm. But he loves us with what kind of love? And he's never going to give up on us. Do you believe that? Now, I have to say this, and, and, and this is no new revelation. His love is never going to give up on us. And it will be everlasting, but we won't be everlasting if we don't open our hearts to him. Is that fair enough? It's true. His love will never stop reaching out to us, but there will come a point, and each of us knows that there will come a point where if we don't open our heart or continue to open our heart or open it more fully, however we want to say it, there will come a point that if we don't, that we 
will not be everlasting, but his love will never change. Do you want to be a part of that forever? And so let me ask you this. These are questions we ask ourselves, that we talk about, that we walk and talk about. Is there anything that God could ask us to open our hearts to him about? that we would exchange for life eternal. What, what should a profit a man if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? Or, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Are these fair questions? They are. They're fair to us. And so there, there is... An, I hope that as we have time to, to be quieter here and be away from uh, some of the things that, that drive our busyness, that we will all recognize what Christ is calling upon us to do for love. For what? For love. He loves us. Anything he's asking of us is because he loves us, and he does not want to be eternally separated from us. Do you believe it? Amen. He's shown it on the cross. He was willing to risk it all to die for us. We need to open our hearts to that kind of heart of love. So, some of you may remember that we like to take a couple of moments quietly while the piano plays to just allow for some contemplation of the thoughts that the Lord would bring to us. His love is clear. His love is always there. We don't always recognize it, but how about us? Let's be willing to contemplate our response to his heart of love for the next couple of moments. Father in heaven, thank you for reminding us of your everlasting love. Thank you that you never give up on us, that you never stop looking for ways to reach us, to love us, to change us. Father, I pray over these next few days as we share time together and with you in a special, in a special time here that you will reach into our hearts through whatever means is, is best, that you'll open our hearts. We know that it requires a, a decision on our point, our, our part, that you knock and we need to be willing to open. Help us to trust you enough to open to you and to allow you to work in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, 
please visit www.audioverse.org.